Hey guys, welcome to the Creators Journal podcast. Before we move forward, I would like to take you a little back. Do you remember growing up? What did popular culture mean to us? Well, we had newspapers, cable television, early internet, and come to think of it, it was all a fairly new invention just a couple of decades ago and now looking back, it's almost like we have time traveled to today given the tech advancements around us. I mean, just look at how right at this moment you are consuming this content and everything around you from food to dates although some right now would like to use the same time traveling device to go a little back considering the shit storm we find ourselves in but as is the case with any podcast conversation i digress we are talking about the popular culture which today is greatly influenced by internet culture you can substitute the two and it won't make a difference understanding this is key for creators such as you and me and there are some who have demonstrated the ability to have a knack of understanding what just clicks with the audience indians love youtube there are over 265 million monthly active users from india on the video platform now just to put that into context and if wikipedia serves me right There are only 10 countries in the world who in total have a population of more than 250 million. Massive. It is the platform that has given most if not all of the top content creators and influencers we see in India today. The video streaming site has become a barometer of sorts for India's pop culture and the evolving taste of the audience. I have with me Akash Ayer, who is the brand and editorial manager at Netflix. Also the guy you need to reach out to if you want to know how you can work at Netflix. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's going to kill me for this. Akash was previously with BuzzFeed where he grew the brand's YouTube presence to new heights and this conversation is going to be about internet culture and as is the theme of the show improving our understanding of India's digital audience. A disclosure, Mr. Ayer is a dear friend of mine. I normally suffix a more profane word before his name in real life preferably in Punjabi but we shall maintain the decorum of this podcast okay we'll at least try to hey akash what's up welcome to the creators journal podcast hi hi finally i'm on the podcast <laughs> wait wait what do you mean finally? i mean we've been talking about it for a while so i feel like i've made it also this is my first podcast wow 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 how does it feel bro i don't know i feel a little nervous but uh, also i've been waiting to do this i think i've been practicing for this for since the time i started listening to jre um i've been wondering fuck when when am i going to be on a podcast when am i going to get the opportunity to uh put down my useless thoughts to the world yeah and i'm glad that it's happening did you ever wonder that it's going to be with me not at all i didn't realize that that could happen Well I guess in line with the things that have happened since we went into a lockdown I think there are a lot of things that we had imagined that we didn't think were possible and are now possible so maybe this is one yep, of those good yep. things Actually I I would have known I mean um in the last 5 years I wouldn't have known but this year probably yes when you when you started working on the podcast and everything I was like okay maybe finally I'll, I'll, I'll lose my podcast virginity to Shivam and it's happening we are <laughs> we are in the process of losing my virginity all right i'll i'll uh, 
I don't know what to say that's not going to sound very uh, creepy so <laughs> I'm just going to uh, move over to my uh, first question which is yeah, um, yeah. like uh, we we just spoke about we just referenced the lockdown right now uh when we were going into a lockdown and when you know news about the corona pandemic you know we were learning about this disease what was your uh, what what were your thoughts in your head when we went into this lockdown how were you feeling what were you doing first of all it was i think everyone went through the same um stages of uh grief almost like you know how when you lose someone you probably there's there's this concept of like the stages of the five stages of grief etc uh i don't know exactly what those stages are but apparently everyone who went through lockdown kind of went through those stages so i can't remember exactly but i think the first few stages were there was so much novelty about it that everyone including me was just so like everyone was making memes about it everyone was super excited like oh now everything is locked down you can't get out that's such a uh, like you couldn't even imagine that that would happen unless it's like a war situation or something like that right so this is this was not a war this is everything is fine people are dying um, but it's not as like the impact of it is not like a meteor impact where uh, it's so sudden and super tragic i mean this is also tragic but in a diff- very different way so the effect of the um uh, of how uh, corona was kind of affecting us was not really uh, as dramatic as it could have been so everyone was making fun of it so i was doing the same thing uh, but i was also kind of upset because i think um generally as creators you're wondering like this year is going to be the year this year is going to be the year and we were hitting that stride or at least i was hitting that stride to say that this is going to be the year where we do some amazing work yada yada tiktok is booming all of this is happening we can do some crazy work uh and then suddenly to know that you can't go outside your house uh is like such a big bummer um for someone who's trying to create but as you can see most creators uh have figured out a way to uh not let the lockdown sort of affect them um but yeah i think that was those two were my first initial reactions one is how the fuck um uh, am i going to create stuff now and the second one was this is absurd yeah and you know couple of points that you bring up but before we get into what the new normal is and what the new audience taste and preferences are going to be and which is also a very key part of the creators journal podcast you know understanding this new audience we are going to take a look at uh, you know our in- internet culture and uh, you know and you know how you have seen it grow i mean i sent you a gist of the theme on made you know when we were talking about uh, you know having you on the podcast and you know what i'm going to read that uh, that 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 mail out to you and yeah. to the listeners which is that you know the sp- the place that i'm coming from about this conversation is you know back in college i was kind of early i would say to discover the thing this thing called tvf and this podcast by this group called aib i think who had just released their second i think or third video on youtube and i was also learning storytelling at the time and then i got my first job and i was reporting about the us stock market and you know like zap i was plugged out of the indian scene for a good 3 and a half years and in that time you graduated worked mumbai for a bit shifted to bangalore where we obviously chilled and you know became good friends in that time akash the internet landscape exploded right there is no other way of putting it it literally exploded yeah. you at the time i would say were at the periphery of things right uh, i think mm-hmm. you were glued into what was happening at some level you 
you knew what was happening let's say in the US or in Europe and i think a little bit over here in india but what was your understanding of the internet audience in india back then um for me no i think i was more enamored like i can't speak about the general wide internet audience i can speak to only the one uh, i mean the creators uh, who sort of appealed to me and i think uh, on youtube specifically i think comedy was a thing um it obviously appealed to me a lot um so i think aib the formation of aib tvf uh, kannan all of these like pretentious movie reviews all of these are pop culture moments um so they transcended even their comedy genres a little bit and expanded outside of that a little bit more which is why most people have heard of these um, uh, you know these collectives or these moments uh, but for me it was a little bit more because i like comedy so much i was glued in from the start like when aib formed itself i was listening to their podcast from kannan's first videos from kenny's like first uh beginning videos itself i've been following him like all of these things so i feel like i've been following people and watching their journey to uh watching them on their journey to becoming much bigger than they were uh, while most people sort of come on once it's already established uh but now to i have fully lost track of what the question was so maybe we should redo this <laughs> no 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 let's keep going let's keep going oh yeah i was yeah i i i got the question sorry again um yeah i was at the periphery of things because i was so enamored by comedy the genre and also the fact that they managed to take comedy as a genre and transcend uh into pop culture they became part of pop culture so they were used outside of the comedy genre as well um i think that's why i was so enamored by them and i was on the periphery and trying to get into that circle somehow um and uh, i think somewhere around 2015 um or 16 i kind of made a decision that hey i think uh, if i want to if i want to if i want an in i need to be around them somewhere i can't be sitting in bangalore and sort of just thinking about how am i going to make my in so i started writing comedy i started reaching out to people who were working here and then finally buzzfeed happened so um it was a it was part luck part just wishing and hoping that there was an in into this world and uh since you got it in what was the first thing that you realized that yeah. you had sort of you didn't know or you had got it wrong okay so before busfeed happened uh, and i think what i realized i was good at at simc was at simc which is where i studied i was your senior respect exactly uh, also my neighbor i i over there i kind of my entire focus was learning the craft um learning how to tell a story learning how to like you know tell a story uh, like how to put the story together how to like operate a camera how to edit how to animate and i i kind of put my eggs in all these different baskets because i wanted to know everything and i didn't want to be uh, left behind on any front um mm-hmm. so i tried to learn everything and that kind of helped me because i was no longer i was not dependent on a writer to come to me with an idea i could write myself and i was not not dependent on a dop to shoot what i wanted i could do that myself and most importantly i wasn't struggling with edits or animation or all of that stuff like i could do all of the shit myself so i only learned the art of doing all of that when i came to buzzfeed is where i truly learned the how to tell a good story um mm. so smc i learned how to tell a story and at buzzfeed i learned how to tell a good story uh, mm. a story that people want to watch and the learnings that i had over there about how 
what people want to listen to or what people want to watch uh, and how to kind of pull those elements together and how to make something else out of it. Um, those are so invaluable. I didn't even know how to go about it at the start, but um, we had a great team. The way they would impart knowledge, the way we would have sessions about like breaking down why something worked or why something didn't work, all of those things though I never used to do before that. So in my introduction, uh, you know, I reference YouTube as being a barometer of you know what's happening in india and you know the cultural taste preferences how have you seen this audience on youtube evolve and i'm looking at i'm looking at some traits i'm looking at some preferences the way they interact the way they like a video share a video how has that changed first shout out to youtube i think because what they do well is they invest in their creative network they invest in their creators a lot they invest time in them they make sure that they are nurtured they make sure they get what they need they support their creative network a lot and i'm not talking about my i mean the netflix channel or the buzzfeed channel on youtube i'm talking about their creator network they support them very much that's one of the main reasons why they're doing so well um the other reason why they do so well uh, is because of the fundamental of that platform it's a discovery platform it's not a social platform obviously your subscription feed is there which is what you subscribe to etc etc um but what your interests are all of those things matter much more uh to what you see on your feed like when you go on instagram you just see your friends or whoever you follow etc but on youtube you'll see much more than that unless you're on your subscription feed which is not the home feed i think the democracy that youtube brings to the table is what makes youtube youtube and what attracts creators to youtube like i can go over there tomorrow and create a fresh channel and put out a video and it is likely that that video will do good numbers if it's a good piece of content but on instagram etc it might not be the case uh, instagram though you can't even search for videos you have to search for the creator go down their feed hunt for that video that's it's a little mind numbing but um, i think that's one of the reasons why youtube does it so well the audiences on youtube i think the evolution is reflected in the product itself the way um, the product evolves is i think an evolution of how people are consuming people are on youtube a lot and now you can see live streaming is though i think the buzzword of the season everyone is live streaming people are just willing to sit and watch a person chat or talk to them or watch them play a game for i don't know 2 to 1 and a half hours i think that's where uh, that's how um, youtube has evolved yeah it's a interesting point that you bring up akash and it's interesting to me on two levels and i will divide these two levels into pre corona and post corona even pre corona if i'm talking about and especially when you talk about you know digital content and versus cable uh, you you essentially saying that okay people are going to stop watching uh, cable television and they're going to move on to ott platforms streaming platforms usually the conversation is between these two streaming platforms and your cable television but that is not entirely the case uh, you just spoke about streaming live content which is what cable television <laughs> and, and yeah and... i th- i think i i don't know if i'm going i'm interrupting your question but uh... I think YouTube is little bit replaced TV around 2015 or 16 or maybe I'm fucking this up but I feel like it was around then when YouTube sort of started favoring longer pieces of content um and that was a bit of a game changer for them 
um, because until then you just looked at YouTube as like short snackable content. And that was even a buzzword at that point, snackable content. Um, but, uh, now people and creators were not, uh, afraid of creating something that was long, that kind of shit you don't see at all now. In fact, you'll see the opposite now a little bit. If it's longer, it's better because you get way more, like you get deeper engagement and you know that people are really invested in you. It's got the money. Yeah. Yeah. So I think even like the popularity of Joe Rogan's podcast and it being on YouTube, being so long had, I I don't know if it has direct correlation, but I feel like it had something to do with how YouTube saw um, potential in long form content. I think that shift for me now makes it feel like YouTube has replaced cable TV for me. Like when I am, for me, it's at home, it's two options. Either I'm watching Netflix or Amazon or Hotstar or any of the other services that I want to watch, or I'm on YouTube. And on YouTube, I can find exactly what I want to watch, whether it's news, whether it's like, I can t- tune into channels. I can tune into PewDiePie's channel for like a quick 15, 20 minute uh, dose of laughter. That was like the pre corona that you know we were talking about and now post corona and just talking about what you just said about replacing uh tv i recently came to know and i was talking to my mom and uh and she told me that my dad uh, who is uh, 65 plus stopped watching television for, for for listeners out there i mean this does not hold any significance but why it is significant for me uh, and maybe representative of what we are talking about is that my dad is a hardcore news guy, right? And for decades, we've uh, fought over the TV remote because he's always wanted to watch the news channel. It should be on 24 hours in our house. And uh, I and I asked my mom, like, he's not watching news. Wh- what is he doing? And my mom's like, he's on YouTube. So, so that's a significant uh, user behavior right here in my family that I draw upon whenever I'm thinking about the content strategy and about the audience second part of that question is about post corona so a you're having you know these uh, video calls with your friends and you're watching your favorite creators stream and you know just talk shit about life and i for me personally uh i feel connected to the latter than the former right in a very very uh weird way and i'm just thinking about mm-hmm. how as content creators are relationship with the audience is going to change maybe to the benefit of us because we are able to reach out to them in a more personal way in a certain way because we are all going through the shared trauma of this lockdown what do you think about that i don't know man it feels like i i spent a good amount of time on youtube and i see uh, so many uh, creators have their own live streams have their own like they're selling their personality Basically, they're being themselves on YouTube and they're just talking shit. I mean, they're talking and they're doing something or talking about a subject that they're comfortable talking about and just going on and on. And I'm like, wow, there are so many people who's just sitting and listening to what this person wants to say. For those so many people, there are so many more people who are just listening. It's it's a, I can't believe how many people exist in the world, first of all. I don't know, man. Like every time I feel like maybe I should start my YouTube channel, then I'm like, why? Who will listen to me? And then I see some person who's very much like me do it and kill it. I'm like, fuck, I didn't know that there was this much time in the world. There were this many people in the world and everyone has time to watch everyone's channels. But your question about the relationship between them, yeah, it is getting personal. I think um, Tanmay uh, explained it in a podcast where he was like, 
uh, do you watch flying beast the channel yes yes yeah he has a vlog and that vlog is basically um it's a soap opera it's a like you're following that person's life it's daily soap that's kind of what daily soap was for television and he's kind of doing that but it's reality so um what is real what is fiction there is a bit of a line over there because even when you're i i don't know like i feel like you can't be your true authentic self even when you're streaming can you really 100% say exactly what you're thinking what you're what you're feeling on a stream i don't think so i don't think you can do that there are so many things that you won't touch upon you'll get gunned down for if you say something so you can't possibly be fully authentic so you're kind of performing even if it's a live stream so the performance never ends almost i don't know if that answers your question man but and talking about content creation obviously you're working at netflix and it's a different beast one of the top streaming companies in the world so in your working style right uh, so you you worked in uh, bangalore then you worked at buzzfeed and now you're working at netflix how has your way of working and your way of you know understanding content and thinking about the larger picture changed um i think the biggest learning um or the buzzword for me for the season or for the last two months is i have finally realized what eras and generations mean and um i have understood the concept of time almost and how time sort of um enables a generation and uh, or says goodbye to another and uh, that realization is only coming to me now and i am understanding that it's important to invest in the future uh, most people ask when is what is next generation going to want next generation is already here they have already asked for what they want they are getting it we are just not seeing it i think bts the popularity of bts um, i think just couple of days back they put out a song which has broken every single record in the world yes um yes. that has nothing to do with the millennials that has only everything to do with the gen z's and who are fully in love um with those boys from korea we we just not listening to them they're shouting 100 times what they want we want bts we want tiktok we want this we want that we're still looking over here thinking what will the next generation ask for what how can we serve them better um i think that's the biggest learning i've had even now i keep getting um ideas from creators and people and i mean agencies and everything is the people who are running these um networks these agencies these uh, uh the ones who call the shots are either millennials or slightly elder millennials or a little older than that which is boomer yeah. and we are stuck in a time which is uh the kanans the biswas all of these people um and we think that that still holds value right now i i think those people the older millennials like who have come and gone um like the influencers they are super valuable without them uh, a lot of things wouldn't have been possible but i feel like that their time is up and we have not recognized it there are 35 year olds who are like heading ad agencies they are shitting on tiktok tiktok is killing it i mean obviously now it's banned but this whole shitting on tiktok is a millennial thing no one else shits on tiktok all the uh, gen z is like you shit on it in your own world ma you don't know where we are we are on a different level their ideologies the way they see the world the openness with which they accept creative uh, is another level so we are going to be like we are going to become what we fought against at some point which was unacceptance 
just like how when uh, youtube creators were creating things or like when social media was booming social media was not a real job and we had to fight all of that uh, we are putting barriers for our own creation which is tiktok yeah so akash just on that right um, so so you said over the past couple couple of months you've realized this right and obviously as a new age uh, content creator you are taking measures to tap into that audience to learn about them so i would like to know if there are some things that you can share about what or how you have gone about it and second is how do you keep things fresh i think the way i go about it is uh, you have to create uh, this is uh, this is weird but you'll have to start creating accounts um, you have to start using fake accounts hmm. okay because your feed your algorithm knows you are old and what it needs to serve you um so if you want to start actually understanding what the internet is what's hot on the internet right now you have to create fresh uh, create a fresh account to figure out like what's hottest uh, hmm. that day the other is i think that's the easiest way to do it and the other way to do it is surround yourself with creators from that generation um or talk to people who are in the know of that generation and uh, i'm lucky that my job enables me to be in touch with some of those people so i try and spend some time with them i try and chat with them as much as possible i try and uh, just have open chats with them about like open ended questions to them about what they think about what's going on um what's working right now you shouldn't go to them with work you should just chat to them as a friend and then um that's when they kind of open up and tell you what's really happening in the world or what's going on in their world yeah. at least so yeah that's kind of i i make a very conscious effort to uh, stay in the know of these things feels like such a chore um but uh, it's actually a lot do of do you fun. also do a bit of stalking uh stalking maybe your ex or something like that stalking my ex uh no i stopped doing that <laughs> i don't i don't i don't stalk my ex i used to do that we've all done it um i think i stalk create like i've always stalked creators at some point it was unhealthy um uh, which is right before i joined buzzfeed and all of that but then once i realized mm. i think once i got here once i started interacting with these people i realized dude they're just palm normal people like us uh, but for me in my head they were like shahrukh khan and all um uh, like i wouldn't get enamored by um like an actor i would get enamored by mm. a creator um and um, yeah yeah but that also doesn't happen to me anymore um i just realized that they are normal people so i don't i don't stalk them from that angle anymore yeah i remember this one incident um i think uh, we were in bangalore and there is this there used to be this uh, uh pub called the humming tree oh yes we met the jordan indian guys yes and you bro you lost your shit because at that time i yeah. didn't know who they were and you're like oh my god they're here yeah. oh my god they're here i'm like before people sort of start to break out is when i start really enjoying what they do and i remember jordan indian's first video i was like oh my god these guys are too funny and then uh, i don't know i i ended up working with them recently and that was such a how did it feel like a full circle it felt amazing i realized that they are also palm human being only in my head they were not though um and uh, yeah i have to sort of put up an act and pretend like i am not as enamored but in my head i still am a little yeah. bit and you know you spoke about working for netflix and in terms of uh, the way we approach content and you know this definitely goes into our you know you could you could call it work culture thinking how 
different has it been uh, once you know you've joined netflix versus you know what you had in your head before how how what has the change been like i think the previous place where i worked at the big difference was that the focus was on the now how do we kill it right now um and we have to go viral right now um but the focus over here isn't that at all uh, the focus is on how do you build an audience how do you keep uh, nurturing that audience what does that audience have uh, a year from now how can you like is there a need to get this particular audience right now is there uh, will we be valuable to them uh, much more valuable to them a year from now than right now um those questions though nothing there was we didn't think about any of that we just thought uh, what's working today let's go chase it um that sort of sharpens your editorial thinking but it doesn't sort of sharpen any any sort of strategic thinking into like how do you build an audience how do you maintain that audience all of those things are i think the biggest changes that i've had and obviously in terms of creation i think working with a big company obviously comes with a different set of rules um and a different set of parameters of success um you are no longer just creating content for the sake of going viral you have um there's a product um that's there at the end of the day there is a relationship with the audience that wants that product all of those things are yeah i think that's the big difference this one key word that you used which is nurture right nurture your audience which isn't something that as content creators and i'm speaking from experience uh is a word that you hear too often right because there is this focus on output right uh, there's so much content out there so i feel nurturing the audience is very very important because not only are you nurturing taste you're also nurturing a connect and when you nurture something over a period of time those uh, relationships those bonds are stronger but yes like i said there is this case for output do you feel that nurturing an audience is a quote unquote luxury that big brands can only afford or do you think that this is something that can be rep- no no i don't i think the see what most publishers chase for is clicks they don't uh, at the end of the day they have to sell inventory ad inventory to people so i guess that's the yeah. the desire to just reach an audience um, is um, much higher than um, hey maybe we should reach this limited audience but we should reach really connect with them i think it's slowly starting to shift but i think it applies to both brands as well as publishers if publishers want to get a brand on board um the i think even brand marketers are sort of understanding that it's um just summa getting eyeballs is of no use you need to actually connect with that audience um mm. otherwise there's no point so if you're hitting 100 people effectively and 100 people are buying your product that's much better than hitting 2 crore people and zero people buy your product and just uh, talking a little bit more about your work with netflix so many foreign language content have become huge hits in india right and now you're creating promotions yeah. you're creating you know content uh, around these foreign language ips did you ever think that you know you're going to be maybe doing a kind of a promotion that you know ideally you would assume you would be doing for a indian movie but now this is for a foreign show i mean how do you approach that because narcos is such a huge hit and you guys have done some really great stuff yeah. uh, on, on youtube but i'm yeah. just thinking about day one 
uh, about approaching this for an Indian like for an Indian audience and that foreign language is not even English it's Spanish Spanish is even fine I think uh, narcos was like a precursor and then money heist is still a global phenomenon what I think I didn't understand at all was dark when dark blew up I was just like wow I truly have no touch I, I I've truly lost touch with what people like um, or what people are into because it's not like see money heist is a soapy um, it's like doom doom two doom three mm. it's kind of like that but um, like full-on entertainment drama yeah full-on entertainment drama Spanish people hottest people in the world almost I think um, so all of that was going for it but um, with dark first of all, the complexity of the narrative. You have to watch everything twice. Okay. And not just watch it. You have to read the subtitle and then watch it again. So already you have watched an episode twice. Um, if you have watched it only once, I don't think you've truly understood Dark. You have to watch it again. Or maybe I'm just really... Oh, stupid. you're just doing a plug for Netflix right now. Watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Watch it again. Because it's worth re-watching, I think. Um, the, the lean-in factor of Dark, you can't just casually watch Dark. First of all, it has subtitles. If you're on your phone, you can't listen to it and understand. Uh, you have to watch it properly unless you've put on English uh, dubs, which means why are you even alive? And again, it's a different language. It's sci-fi. It's, it's, I don't know. Like I didn't understand how it could blow up in the entire world and especially in India. It's wild, man. Like the, it transcended. I think Money Heist was phenomenal. Global pop culture. It's part of global pop culture now. Um, dark is to an extent part of global pop culture, but Indian pop culture though, it is definitely yeah. part of. I mean, then how do you approach like when you're, I'm not talking about strategy wise, but from a creative angle, right? I mean, what are some of the thoughts that you have in your head? Because for me, you know, there's a German content, there's a Spanish content and I'm creating promotions for them in India. I mean, what is, what is that position like? See, that's the, I think the reason why those shows worked were also, they have like a global appeal in some sense, like the themes or it's a heist. Heists work everywhere. Um, and everyone understands what a heist is. It's not like it was a socio-political drama about Uzbekistan or whatever. Like it's not, it's the understanding of that subject isn't so nuanced. Science, dark is about science and like time travel. And at the end of the day, it's a soap opera also a little bit about um you know what's and going a, on and, and there's a huge uh, sci-fi i think audience or also potential audience that will be interested in a nice yeah. accessible sci-fi show i think it's just representative of that as well yeah so i think both those shows uh what they did right was um they nailed the genre yeah. They nailed the genre really well. Like they did heist really well. They did sci-fi. I think it's I think it's right right now the top sci-fi show in the world on IMDb or something like that. But um like most people have uh com like most critics have called it uh called the writing to be like usually time travel is um not very foolproof, you know. Um like people sometimes fuck up time travel somewhere or the other. Uh, but this one, they kind of nailed it is what most critics have said. I'm no expert on science, so I don't know. When you watch it, you kind of understand how amazing the writing or the thinking behind it was. And I guess the excellence in storytelling, it'll kind of travel everywhere. I mean, uh, that's why we in India, we have, we don't do too much time travel because uh, we do reincarnation, Agla Janam, <laughs> right? So 
you don't need to time travel <laughs> if you are born again <laughs> oh god see but you see now how there's themes for us to latch on to there's the theme of reincarnation to latch on to uh, there's see if something becomes pop culture um it's a lot easier to find what what to latch on to because the audience is already shouting about it um and they are picking up on those themes and then you just reflect that back when something doesn't become part of pop culture you struggle to understand which of these themes will actually work and then you start making bets and guesses as to maybe this will work maybe that will work so yeah talking about you know latching on to things i'm going to latch on to one of my favorite uh, pieces of uh, content that i think you have done uh, that you've helped create at netflix which is a show called behens planning pichwaade se smoke karega kya we are not that close oh, also okay, as friends okay, okay. We'll keep your try. asshole t- <laughs> yeah like welcome to behens planning the behen perspective finally explained i'm kusha and i'm srishti and today we are behens planning the movie race 2 hmm race 2 is the sequel to the movie race 1 and the prequel to the movie race 3 because that's how numbers work This movie is full of lies, deception and billionaire gangsters jo aapko bhulne nahi denge ki wo billionaires hain. 5000 euros, 15 billion euros. 15 billion, 500 million euros. For those who haven't seen it, Ben's Planning is a show where um we have women reviewing movies and giving their perspective on um content that's come out. Uh so we review the women review movies, they review shows and soon you'll start seeing them do a lot more things than just that. I think the idea came from the fact that the internet is just filled with I mean the Indian internet and especially YouTube. YouTube though the stats are out. 80% of the population on YouTube is men I think and uh, there are very few spaces for women to give their perspective on things and honestly i didn't create that show that show was created by a wonderful team of writers and uh, creatives who are all the entire casting crew is full female um they do their thing we just enable them to do it on our channel the intention was pretty simple there is very less of a women's perspective on the internet on the indian internet and we need more of that that's kind of it let them talk let them let it come from a woman just a correction show i don't run that show it's run by uh some another person from our team her name is Tara um but yes i did start off with that show now that we are talking about content when we are talking about you know fresh perspectives i think round about this is how you know we are going to get new storylines new new forms of content where we reach out to people who who are massively underrepresented say you're looking to cast a creator in a piece of content um that you want to create there's two schools of thought now one is you let the uh, the one with the most reach um come and do their thing the one with the most talent come and do their thing um it is more likely that this person is going to be a dude um just just because of the nature uh in which things are um you know the odds are stacked in favor of uh men it is most likely going to be that the first name you pick is going to be a dude um like you want to build a campaign that's a, going to be a mega success would you go to you go to zakir khan you go to boon bam you go to kapil sharma these are the names you think of you will not think of someone from the fringes uh, you won't think of a female creator um the other school of thought is um you have to nurture invest in creators uh, you have to invest for the future even if they're not going to be the biggest names i think the easiest to do is support female creators support uh, women stories 
Otherwise, you just keep seeing that 80% create content for themselves and expand, expand, expand more and more. Um, unless you go out of your way, forget um, numbers for a bit and start uh, investing in long-term goals and investing in uh, bringing or reflecting various diverse stories. I mean, talking about uh, you know performers, you have, I think, two top top talent yeah. on the show which is uh, shishti dikshit and uh, kushal kapila the i think the thing about that show that people don't fully get is that shishti and kushal are obviously part of the show but that show is run by the wildest creatives like that show needs to exist today so that four other female creators get inspired and create shows uh, over the next i don't know 4 5 years um, and that investment into those creatives is also something that we're thinking about. It's not just that it's going to be Shishti and Kusha and that's that. Um, like how do we, like the, all the writers on the show, uh, there've been various writers on the show and all of them are amazing comics and we keep bringing in fresh energy like that. That show kind of nurtures and sustains uh, or enables female creators to just be. And, and and for furthermore, such content. Exactly. And you see, the kind of love that you see on that is also amazing. Like they actually, like you yeah. think uh, you and me will just, even the creators of it will be thinking like, what is the point of this? But then like how AIB has influenced us or TVF has influenced us, this show is probably inspiring so many women to do that. Um, and yeah. that's kind of it. So Akash, I think it's a good time for me to make a confession. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why I have you on the podcast is so that we can end up talking about Kusha and uh, maybe through our conversations, let her know that uh, how honored we at Creators Journal would be to have her on our show. I think she's so much fun. It's, she's just really fucking hilarious. And uh, it would be really interesting to, you know, take a look at you know how that mind works how does she come up with some of the <laughs> stuff that she does i mean it's so it's 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 so crazy so yeah man uh, that's the reason why i have you on the show oh, yeah for sure man she's the she's one of the i think from all the creators okay i have a my brain is wired very um i don't know i'm i feel guilty about the way my brain is wired and my um i appreciate or i respect people based on how much they work um, and uh, uh, I think Kusha is one of the most hardworking people I've ever met in my life. Wow. It's just like my, um, I get anxiety when I find out about her schedule. There were times, I think when we were shooting this last year, when flights and all were operational, where she would just fly in and fly out and fly in the next day. Like she, she's do, she has done uh, Mumbai, Delhi way more than I have done Bandra Andheri. I'm not even kidding. She's just, she, it's her taxi service. Mumbai to Delhi is her taxi service. So but what I was getting at is how is it like, and I think you partially ans answer that, but how is it like to work with her? Um, it's an absolute joy. I think she's, I don't know if she, but she's an absolute extrovert beyond anyone I've ever met. Like she, her, the energy that she brings to anything is just, 100 out of 100 all the time. I've never seen her um, not bring energy um, to anything. So you take an idea to her, she just bounce back um, with something much better. She's always yes and an idea. 
hilarious she is everything everything is just yeah and you have worked with a lot of content creators and for people who are listening to the podcast uh they might be early on into their journey they're thinking about creating some content what are some of those traits that you've observed that you feel uh, go a long way man there's i think two ways to do this again one is you are exceptionally creative or your talent is just at another level that is unmatchable that uh, it becomes super clear uh, you are someone to watch out for and you see that constantly that happens that happens all the time um when it is likely that the best creators will have that then the other side is just the work that you put into it having the hustle is one thing but putting in the work to actually make those things happen uh, is another and putting in that work comes with two other things which is like confidence and a thick skin you need to not be bogged down by what people are saying you need to commit to a particular goal that you have if you start thinking about like hey fuck one comment has come now my entire work is going to stop um all of those things matter a lot having that self confidence in your ideas having a thick skin to block out the comments that's all important otherwise you'll just be like just thinking about that and not create more akash uh it's been great to have you on the show man i mean uh, and you know we've been talking about it for so long and, uh, and finally to have you on the show and to talk about such a vast array of topics i don't think even when we have chilled out we have spoken about all of these topics all at one go in all these years <laughs> we'll just have to do a podcast every time we hang out yeah i think uh, i i think for people who are listening to the podcast if that is something that you guys want to see happening you know the guy to reach out to or you know the guys to reach out to so akash ayer thank you for being on the creators journal podcast cheers buddy